0: Well, look, if you have your Bibles tonight, turn to that portion we read together and only got two verses for you this evening from Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. And I'm speaking on something which is is so basic, it almost seems bizarre that one should have to even uh, speak on these words. But is there just a need for us in our lives at this moment, after all we've gone through, over the last two years, especially, and you know how disruptive it's been in Christian life and in church life. Just this call tonight for the need to go back to church and a need to get back to church. And I'm well aware that to be those which are watching on uh, YouTube, and I don't offend, but you know, there's a real need to really get together. And I just want to exhort then people with that, with these particular words. And this is what it says. Here then in verse 24, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day uh, approaching. And uh, what you have in this uh, letter uh, to the Hebrews, the writer is writing to certain christians they were hebrews so jewish christians and they were feeling the pressure really of uh, making that commitment to christ and they knew of the tensions they're a close-knit community and yet they'd be family they'd be friends they'd be those that they worked with that they were finding now that it was a cost to it their possessions as we read were being plundered and it was that uh, subtle kind of ostrich uh, you know where they were coming to be ostracized from others and uh, some of them were now uh, perhaps going back to the old ways of religion it was easier to worship God in the old ways and the writer comes and he uh, exhorts them that they've got a great savior there's a great high priest they've got a better sacrifice the wonderful exaltations that you find there look he's calling them having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus by a new and living way and he's uh, making these exaltations to them to carry on and to go on but he's also mindful that they are now no longer many of them some of them which are no longer meeting together assembling those which are the called out people of God and that's a problem and actually although it may be a very simple thing that we're speaking of tonight Look, it could be really dynamic in your life. I know it's simple, but when you're leading a Christian life, it's those simple things that you just need to put in a place where God then comes and blesses and you know the means of grace in a very particular and special way. And if ever now there was then this call to them, not to forsake the assembling, the gathering together, as is the manner of some. Well, surely there's a call for us this day to hear this word. I mean, even before COVID, I mean, people had their question marks about the need of even gathering together as Christians. I mean, the idea was something like this. You know, when I became a Christian, and it's true, you can only become a Christian on your own by putting your own personal faith in the Lord Jesus Christ you've got to do your own believing as you do your own eating and as you do your own um, dying and you could only become a Christian on your own but you know once you become a Christian you're not on your own but I'm sure some people believe I became a Christian on my own I'm gonna live on my own it's like that idea that they've got faith and they don't need works and then he comes and the idea is that you can be and people have this kind of super spiritual and biblical kind of nonsense that they can be super Christians without any real commitment even to uh, fellowship and to others. And then there was also the thought which uh, prevails even today that actually being part of a church and a fellowship is detrimental uh, to your Christian walk and to your experience. And perhaps you've heard that. someone saying to you, well, look, I become a christian, and i 'll be honest with you. Uh, I went somewhere and I went there it nearly messed me up, it nearly finished me in my Christian walk and what happened was this something upsets us, and you know people say, "Well, look, I, I am a Christian. I, I love Jesus. I have got too much time for the church, but I love jesus that 's where I am you know i 'm all out for it, and so it is that people actually thought that even joining together, we've all been disappointed. We've all been hurt. But the point is God has a command for us not to neglect assembling together as some. And then we had the wonderful Zoom and the wonderful YouTube. And oh boy, now it's become almost totally irrelevant. Maybe those now at home, a cup of coffee in your hand on your little couch. And you think that somehow that this is what God wants in one's life. And actually, when you think about it, do we really need to join together? Do we really need to meet? There's other ways of doing it. We can do it on our own, in our little, little homes. And I'm saying to you, if ever there was a word that is timely of where we are as we're coming out of this lockdown, that we could once again just hear this. God's got a word for us. And here it is that we would... At least consider one another. And then we would be with one another. And we would exhort one another. As we see the day approaching. And that's what I just want to uh, think of tonight. Just three things. And the first is this. You may not realise it. But uh, what you do. And what you don't do. Really does have an effect. And the very fact that you may think that you... You've not done anything that somehow that's going to put you right before God. It's not. The reality is that in our lives, in the commitment we have or the lack of it, has a profound effect upon others. And in verse 24, he tells us, And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. And I assure you tonight, it can be very discouraging. When you come to a place of worship and perhaps there may not be so many let me tell you it's good to see you good to see you and it's good to be here and it really is and actually it's a great encouragement to someone like myself to know on a sunday night where places now are no longer open And if you were to invite someone even to come and hear the gospel, they'd have to wait till next Sunday morning. And you come and you realise that what takes place has a great discouragement. It can upon our Christian walk and on the gospel. But I assure you, even when you're only a few, there's never anything more encouraging. And when perhaps I go to a place on a Sunday afternoon and there's a handful, just say about... uh, eight people and that's a good number and you come and they're faithful And you say these people they, they make it and they it's their aim and they've not got much to show let me tell you I think it was about three weeks ago three weeks ago uh we had storm Eunice I don't know what it was like in Clidach, but I tell you what it was pretty bad on our way but you know on this Sunday afternoon I was out in the country and there was this woman walking up the path she's 94 years of age i said what are you doing here what are you doing here out in this weather i mean her balance i suppose when you're 94 your balance goes your eyesight goes your body's not as strong i said i'll tell you i'll give you a medal for coming today one day there'll be a crown but i'll tell you something such a witness Such a testimony to the things of God and the ways of God. Now, I want you to think of that in your life. Let us consider one another, provoking one another, to love and to good works. I'm sure you remember in your Christian life, I mean that one who really inspired you on. Yeah, you must have known them. They came to chapel or church. They were there about once a month. Oh, they were inspiring. You know the ones, no matter what happened or what work needed to be done, they were never, they inspired you. It inspired you greatly, but it wasn't like that, was it? The ones who inspired you and the ones which uh, encouraged you, even though they may not have said anything, they were faithful, they were true, they were dependable, they were faithful, and they were there, and their witness over the years was staggering. Think of your life. Think of what you're doing and what you're not doing. When people look at you, Would there be a church on a Sunday in your actions, in your way? And what am I doing for people in the next generation? Consider, as he says, a great need here. One another in order to stir one another up. And uh, just to think of that, think of one's own actions or the lack of them. And what am I actually showing to another generation and what would be another generation's Christian life look like? And then consider ways tonight on how one can actually do that. Think and consider perhaps the new Christian. Oh, it's always a big one, isn't it? When a new Christian, someone's been born again by the Spirit of God. And, and you know they've got life in them. And they're excited. And uh, they read their Bible and they want to be there in the means of grace. And they come. So few. And then they begin to think, well, perhaps this is how it should be. But it's not how it should be. It should be at least totally different. Where there is now, consider this at least. Consider other people. Consider what your life and your testimony has a means of effect upon them. Think of the new believer. Think of the struggling. Think of the unbeliever. When you were here then tonight and you able, if there is an unbeliever, look, Jesus, you need to come to, you really do. And it's good for us to be here. And he is the one you need to meet with. And it is that where you consider provoking to good works. Look, it was a tough time. It really was over those two years. But I assure you, every time a church meets was a provoking. other fellowships we better get up from our little cushions and start doing and everyone that didn't could have been a coldness that we could have hand on and waited you have no idea of the unconscious effect that you have upon others in your own chapel and others in your church community in what you do and what you don't do stir people up to that love and that good works. But then there's something else. And it's then what we are to obey or not to obey. It's found there in verse 25. Here it is. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some. I'll just stop there. Not forsaking the assembling together. To actually be a spur to others you need to actually meet with others and it is now uh, this word which is given and it's an imperative and it's put in the negative that you actually uh, do not forsake the coming then together and when I think of that just think of this in this sense it's a word of instruction it's not actually a word of a rebuke it's actually a word of encouragement, encouragement to these people. It's encouragement for their Christian life who are struggling, halting, thinking about going back. It's encouragement to those which have stopped growing and uh, the writer has a prescription for them in their Christian experience and their Christian living. And could I give that to you then this evening? That I want you to think upon it because the the christian life is um is not easy and it's a life which is filled with uh, many trials and there are times when you can go through seasons where, look everything is not on top of the world and there is a prescription for you i don't know what your christian life may be like you may be as dead inside as you could possibly imagine you're not enjoying the reading of scripture you're not actually holding prayer with God in private you're not a powerful testimony uh, where you're working you feel that these things are hard to do look these things happen to us in our Christian experience and what he says here is this look you, you need to don't forsake it get together because it's important for you because it may be a time in your life where you can't pray well go to a place of worship where praise can be made for you a place where you can't read god's word well at least you had that read to you tonight a place where you can't sing the hymns well, at least be in a place where praise is given. And those things you see are, they're the ones which are, you need to consider that. Because it's a remedy. You know that it's important in your life. One of the indications of your spiritual walk, no matter how you think of it, no matter, no matter how you think of it, and no matter how you think that you can do church, even by watching over Zoom. One of the indications will be this. I want to meet with God's people. I want to be with them. I want to pray with them. I want to encourage them and do those things. Now look, the Puritans, uh, years ago, they actually believed, this is what they believed. They actually believed that the public means of grace was far more important and beneficial Than your private devotions itself. Imagine that. They actually thought. That in your Christian life. And in your walk with God. The prescription they had. For souls which were cast down. For those which were melancholic. For those you see which uh, needed them. They needed just simply to be with God's people. Because if there's one thing. That the devil will do in one's life and in one's experience is draw you away now i assure you do you know not only as congregations changed in the two years that we've had there'll be those which we started off with and they're no longer with us they're those which have been added to the church i shouldn't knock that zoom one or two were converted but what happened was this we allow it and what happens is this is that uh, there's been a change when he had them on their own when they were no longer to be able to communicate and, and meet one another do you know fellowships no longer exist and they've collapsed and closed their doors for the last time and you're not talking now about simple chapels in the area. We're talking of evangelical fellowships and churches. And you say well what's all that about? I'll tell you what that is. When you are living in a place. Where you can no longer have fellowship. And meeting and worshipping together. Then the devil knows of a weakness. And he can bring you from that place for a zeal for the things of God. Now look. The Lord Jesus Christ has promised in a, in a very a special way that he is with his people. And when you read this book, he's the one who actually is with us tonight. And it makes no difference how small we may be where two or three are gathered. There am I in the midst, in the midst. And when you come to to a place of, of worship, it says in Psalm 22, that he would stand in the great congregation. And he's with us even tonight. And I don't know, but of all the things that you could know in your life, this surely would be the best, that you went to the place where Jesus Christ himself is found and where jesus has promised to meet and you could be with god's people but please that you would please least uh, feel better for it now you know what it's like it's like this you've been out there and you were thinking well shall i go (laughs) shall i not go shall i make the effort and uh, you've got that which goes in your mind but normally, normally, I hope it is tonight, you get there and then you think to yourself, do you know, I'm so glad I came. <laughs> I'm so glad I came. And uh, even though you weren't even feeling like it, you've had a first hymn, you feel better already. You think, that was good. And you realise there's a place where God has, has added his blessing. And is a means of grace by which he comes to us. Now no one can ever take that uh, from us. I always wish that we would know him in a greater way, and that we would feel him speaking and ministering uh, to our lives. But I do know there's a place he's found, and we need to come together, don't neglect the assembling together. Now a sum, a sum are doing. But then there's something else. You want to, you want to do and not to, because it's an encouragement. You want to obey God's word, and not obey it. But you also need to do this, but exhorting one another, and so much more, as you see the day approaching. And there are two things he tells them. One now is that you're going to do this with your mouth and with your speaking and the other with your eyes as you're seeing as he then comes once again. Now that word for exhorting is one of the great words of the New Testament. It comes from the word of the paraclete, of the Holy Spirit, and he's the great comforter. And of all the gifts that one has been given, I'm sure every one of us, hopefully in a measure, would know what it is that we have been given this to encourage one another, to spur one another on. You've come from the world this week, hammered. you've made mistakes which have brought you down. You're not well in your mind. You've got tensions in your family. There are relationships which are breaking. You've got things which you don't know how you're ever gonna make ends meet. You're in a place with a family and you live there and they don't love the Lord Jesus Christ and you make a stand. You're working and they actually make fun of you for being a Christian. When people walk through these doors, they need to be encouraged. They need someone to say, it's, it's good to see you. And they need to know that word because God has given us this for the sake of the church. That great gift of the Holy Spirit that we would not then point fingers, but we would encourage one another in the things of the Lord. It's very important. You don't know what a little word in season is able to do. You know, to tell someone you're praying for them. To listen to their needs. To have fellowship in that uh, time. After the service. Do you know there's a story. Of Dr. Martin. Now Dr. Martin. uh, Was uh, you know. An exceptional preacher. And as you know. Very blessed. Of God. And when you think about his ministry. It was. Exceptionally blessed in many ways. And what a great preacher he was. But anyway on this one particular occasion. uh, Someone. uh, Came up to him after the service. And said. I don't know what they said. But they said something like this. He said, uh, you know, Mr. Martin or Dr. Martin, I want to thank you for your sermon tonight. Do you know what the doctor said? I want to thank you for thanking and saying thanks. Because, you know, no one ever says thank you to me. Thank you for saying thanks. You've come here, I can't imagine what it cost for someone to have opened the doors, put the lighting on, put the heating on, got the coffees, got the biscuits, make sure everything's right, done the projector, got the hymns, sort of the Sunday school. I tell you, there are people you just need. Don't take them for granted. Say to them, thank you. I've come here, I've sat down, I go off, I don't do much, but I tell you what, thank you. Because without you, I can't do it. There'll be those of you going through treatment and ill and you've got appointments can't you say to them i'm praying for you this week there'll be those of you with great burdens on your heart and as you begin to talk and you listen look just do that you'll be a strength to them these things are important and they're important and you must do it and we need one another and you must do it because of this as you see the day approaching And although we are here tonight, we're here because the Lord Jesus Christ is coming once again. And every day of our lives is one day closer to the kingdom. And our Lord Jesus Christ, he stands on the threshold of the door. And our Lord Jesus Christ who died and rose again, there's a day which will stand before him. And you know the reading that we had this morning. I was what, sick and you uh, didn't visit me. I was uh, hungry, and you didn't feed me. And I'll tell you why you didn't do it. Because you didn't know, and because you weren't with them. And there'd be many like that. And he says, oh, one day I'll stand before him. And there's this great need, as you see the day approaching. Could I just exhort you tonight? as as the day is approaching. If there's anyone here this evening who is not a Christian, could I not just simply say to you, look, Jesus Christ is alive today and one day he is coming and you'll have to answer before him, but let me encourage you, if you would simply come and confess him in your life and bow the knee to him, he will save you, and he will take you to himself, and you can know the blessing of eternal life. Could I encourage you tonight? I mean, those of you which know what it is of not done what is right, and you've actually done that which is wrong, and, and you don't know how to go further, couldn't you just listen to what this writer says? that we have a high priest who can sympathize with our weaknesses. And he's been tempted in every way as we are, yet without sin. And you can come to the throne of grace, and I can assure you tonight, if you were to say to him tonight, say, oh Lord, I wasn't right in that word I said, in the place I went, in the deed I'd done, I would ask you, lord have mercy upon me let me encourage you tonight there is one with five bleeding wounds and he will by his blood come to you and give you the power that you desperately need if there was anyone here tonight who feels like they're giving up in their christian life and it can happen let me say look carry on do that work take the next step with him trust in him with all your heart and don't give up we all know what it's like haven't you been in the race have you never run some of you may be on the last lap and you're tired and disappointed and hurt and you feel it and you know it and you say i can't go further i could tell you tonight you come to jesus christ and all those bones will be weak and the knees will be shaking and your hands will be dropping down. He'll give you power tonight. He will power to make it to the end, to come to the last lap. And if there was anyone tonight, and we're all in that lap, aren't we? As you see the day approaching and you feel the horrible thunder and the rumors of wars, and all that we need to go through, and the challenges and tribulation, could I not just come to you and say to you, No, hold fast tonight? You have one who loves you, and he is faithful. And although we've not been faithful, he's strong. And although your faith may be weak, his is much, his is great, his grip upon us. Just, just, just in this Christian life. Think of your life in what you're living and what you're doing. That great need to go on. Just a few things, right, to close. Just from this exaltation. There's a need to meet together. And you must not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some. And here's the first reason, because it is a command of God, a command of God. It's there in the text. It's in his word. "You love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength, then that's good, isn't it? Not just with your mind, but with your strength, all your strength. Have a 94-year-old walking in all your strength. That whatever you can do, you can do that for him. And you could say that tonight. You could say, oh Lord, I, I love you. I want to obey your commands. And as my love is shown to you, I, I want to do that for you. And not only for you, but for your people. Can I say, the second thing of why, please, don't forsake this. Because there are others in this congregation which need you, believe it or not, need you to be in your seat, to be in your place, to do your job. There are others which need your witness and example, and there are others which need that encouragement along life's journey. You need to be together. you know the third reason is this? And it's simply this. Because I need to be there because I Need you, I need you, and I know I'm not the minister here, but it, there's a. I tell the congregation down there in Arbut Regla, I can't do it without you. It's impossible. I never got to the place in my Christian life that I could just live it on my own wonderful devotional way with no interaction with God's people and you know what you find I found that the person of God's people which he gives you in a church no matter how much one may think they lack ability or spiritual insight or even even being in any shape or form a great Christian what I found is this there is not one person or member, or one who attends the congregation that I can't learn from. Everyone has got something to teach me. Some gift, some thought, some way of dealing with certain things. And when I think of this exaltation, I know it's given to us because God loves us he wants the best for us and even though there may be some which will drive me to my knees it's good it's good and it's a wonderful thing and there's a need for us listen i know it's basic but we need to get back to church anybody listening anybody sitting on the couch i'll forgive you if you're unwell but if you're not now come on get back if people want to see your face And they want to hear your voice. And they want to hear your praise. And we want to be those people that God wants us to be.